We ought to get our eyes off the heroes of Hollywood. We ought to get our eyes off the heroes of sports. And we ought to get our eyes on God's heroes. God highly values his missionaries. And when we understand this and start to invest in it, that's when we'll start to see more and more of the great blessings of God in our lives. I'm holding up a check here. And it's for $131.04 U.S. dollars. $131 U.S. dollars. Now, if you could have that check, would you be interested in that? Yeah? How many would be interested in that check if they could have it? Raise your hand. Be honest. All right, it's about half of us. The other half are kind of, uh, what am I getting myself into? Well, it's a check, but how do you know it's any good? Right? How many here have ever been given a check that was no good? Raise your hand. If that's ever happened to you, someone gave you a check that was no good. It bounced. Yeah, there's a number of us here, several of us. That's happened to It's happened to me. And all of a sudden, you get a bank charge on your statement. Hey, what's this? Well, the check that um, was given to you was no good. There was insufficient funds, and it bounced, <laughs> as they say. That's happened to us as a church. We've had people put in a check as an offering, and then we found out later, oops, it bounced, it was no good. And then our, our church had to pay a, a little fee on that. And so that kind of thing happens. But what about this check here? Well, $131.00. And uh, it's drawn on the Citibank in Newcastle, Delaware. That's down here in the States. And the authorized signature, I can't quite make it out. It looks like Bill Weenie, but I don't think that's what it, I don't think that's the name. It looks to have all of the right credentials. But it has something else on the check up in the top right corner. Can you read it from where you're sitting? Can you barely see the check from where you're sitting? It says Google Incorporated. So, does it sound like it might be a trustworthy check? Yes? Well, anyhow, this particular one is dated January 26, 2009. So, I think it's no more good. I think it's stale dated. Because I think, what do they give? Six months now? Is that about it? If you don't cash it in six months, it's no more good. Stale dated, right? Well, checks are becoming passe these days. Um, how many people pay for things with checks? Not many. I mean, it's still a good tool of commerce. It really is. But most people pay now with e-transfers and debit you know, I love the tap, that, that feature where you look at it and you go, Deep, and it's paid. It's, to me, it's just so, uh, it's a novelty. And of course, uh, credit cards, uh, we use those, right? Anybody here still occasionally write a check? Raise your hand if you occasionally write a check. Don't be shameful. My wife and I still write checks. All right. 
but there's still a good way of communicating funds from one person to another or from a company to a company is checks, right? But we know that not all checks are good. But listen, what if it was your dad? Now, I know some of you, your dad's not living anymore. But what if your dad wrote you a check? Now, assuming he's a good dad and assuming he has the funds in the bank, but if your dad wrote you a check, would you be all nervous as to whether it was any good? Or would you sort of feel confident? Would you tend to feel a little more confident if it was your own father who wrote you a check? Hmm? Well, I got news for you. Our Heavenly Father has written us a check. And it's right here. Do you have your Bible? Open up to Philippians chapter 4. I want you to see this. Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4. And verse number 19. Philippians chapter 4 and verse number... <coughs> excuse me. Verse number 19. I still have a teeny bit of a cough. I sure appreciate your continued prayers for my wife and I as we uh, try to get all better. Philippians 4.19. Do you have that in front of you? Would you read that out loud with me? Folks watching online at home, would you read it out loud too with me, please? We'll do it all together. One, two, three. Let's read. But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Now notice those words. My God shall supply all your need. It doesn't say greed, does it? He's not going to supply all your greed. He's going to supply all your need. But then it says, according to his riches in glory. Now how rich do you think God is? Really, how rich do you think God is? Now who's the world's richest man right now? It's Elon Musk, isn't it? Used to be Bill Gates for years and years, but now Elon Musk. Did you know that he took a dive? He took a hit in his finances, and almost overnight, he lost $92 billion. He's down now to less than $200 billion in his worth. Can you imagine that? He's going to have to tighten his belt, eh? I imagine. He's going to have to use coupons and look for sale items, Black Friday sales. Probably not. But if Elon Musk wrote you a check, you'd probably say, hey, he can afford it. Hey, I think I could uh, live with that. Do you think Elon Musk could afford to pay for all your needs? Does that make sense? Is that unreasonable? A man with $200 billion, could he afford to pay for all your needs? Yes or no? Yes. And so God, who is infinitely more wealthy than Elon Musk. I mean, Elon Musk is a pauper compared to the wealth God has. God can certainly look after all your needs. Now that is a pretty good deal if you ask me. However, just like the check, unless it's made out to you, and this particular check is made out to some guy named Peter uh, Effion, never heard of him. But anyhow, he's the only guy that could cash that check. 
unless your name is on this check, you can't cash it. But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. And I'm going to show you today if your name is on that check or not. Now, are you interested? I sure would be. Well, let's have a word of prayer. And let's look at this together, shall we? Let's bow our heads and close our eyes. Heavenly Father, please help us to understand what it is you've written. We don't want to lay hold and lay claim to something that's not ours. But if this promise is for us, we want to know. If it's a, an open invitation and any of us can sort of put our name in there and cash it, well, we'll, we'll need to know that. So please give us the wisdom today. Glorify yourself, dear Heavenly Father. In Jesus' name, amen. I think all of us want to experience God's blessing. I think we'd have to be crazy or very anti-God not to want to experience the joys and blessings from God. And God loves to give. God loves to bless. God wants to be our Heavenly Father and look after us in many ways. And God has special blessings that he wants to give to each and every one of us. He has blessings he wants to give to our families. And he has blessings he wants to give to our whole church. Now the question is, well, what is the key that unlocks these uh, blessings or the storehouse of God's blessing? Really, the key is faith. That's really what it all boils down to. The Bible says several times, the just shall live by faith. We're not supposed to be living by sight as much as we're supposed to be living by faith. Faith. Faith in what? Faith in the promises of God. And we have one of them right here. And it looks like it's a very exciting one as well. Now, let me cut to the chase. We're talking Faith Promise Sunday today. This is the most important day in our whole 365 days. This is the most important day. When we start to love God's missionaries, that's when God will start to pour His blessings into our lives. Well, what is it about these missionaries? Ah, boy, men and women who, you know, they leave comforts of home, they go to these far-off places never to be heard from again, which is not true, by the way. They leave comforts and homes and families and sometimes well-paying jobs and they they go and they survive out in the mission field and they live decade after decade and sometimes they die and they're buried out there. What's so special about these people? Well, I want you to know that oftentimes God hides his best blessings in what seems to be nothing. You just say, well, that's nothing and you move on and yet that's where the blessing is. God often does that. There were babies galore 2,000 years ago, but there was one particular baby born to a carpenter and his wife, Mary. His name was Jesus. Yet it was that baby that grew to be Jesus Christ as we know him and brought salvation to the whole world. And yet at the time, you'd say, well, it's a nice kid, but there's just a baby. Let's, let's look for the real meat and potatoes. Where is this Messiah? Well, he's right under your nose. And oftentimes, God seems to do that. You know, many a man has gone looking for the perfect wife 
And he's gone all over the world, almost, so to speak, looking for this perfect wife, only to find she was living right next door. She was the girl next door. And he ends up, ends up marrying her. And oftentimes, God will put the greatest blessings in the place where you least expect it. Missions is where we least expect it. And we look at these missionaries and we say, well, they're just, you know, normal people. Sometimes they dress a little bit dowdy or something, you know. They don't have the, you know, the best clothes on. But yet, these are the people that God loves because they're giving their lives to serve Him. They're taking the gospel of Jesus Christ, the life-changing words of the gospel, to far-off countries. They are God's heroes And when we start to recognize that and start to buy into this and start to honor these heroes, that's when God says, okay, now I will honor you. And we have this same principle again and again in the scriptures. God has put a very high value on his missionaries. In Romans chapter 10, verse 15, God said, How shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. God himself says that missionaries are beautiful. He loves his missionaries. They are heaven's heroes. And they ought to be our heroes too. We ought to get our eyes off the heroes of Hollywood. We ought to get our eyes off the heroes of sports. And we ought to get our eyes on God's heroes. God highly values his missionaries. And when we understand this and start to invest in it, that's when we'll start to see more and more of the great blessings of God in our lives. God thinks that missionaries are beautiful. And by the way, God will bless whoever will love what he loves. God will bless whoever will love what he loves. I'll give you an example. If you start to really love God's word, you will find God will start to bless and open doors for you and start to give you wisdom and peace and joy like you never had. That's true. If you will love the Lord Jesus, God will start to enrich your life and bless you and open doors for you as well. Um, Listen, you're in Philippians right now. Turn back three or four pages, would you, to Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6. Maybe two pages. Ephesians chapter 6. Take a look at this. Follow along as I read. Verse 1. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. You know, those words today are revolutionary. They are revolutionary. Children today don't generally obey their parents. They're let to get away with murder. And it's encouraged in today's society. And on the TV programs and on the movies, often the parents are made out to be the idiots and the children are made out to be the heroes and the saviors of the day. And we're being conditioned. Totally anti-biblical. God tells us, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Now watch what God says. Honor thy father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise. What does that mean? Out of the Ten Commandments, this is the first of the Ten Commandments that actually has a promise stuck to it. 
You know, thou shalt have no other gods beside me, right? Thou shalt not steal and all. There's no promise connected with those, but this one is. Honor thy father and thy mother. That's one of the Ten Commandments, and it has a promise stuck to it. And here's the promise in verse 3, that it may be well with thee, and thou, thou, mayest, thou mayest live long on the earth. There's the promise of God. If we will honor our parents, you might say, well, uh, too late for me, my parents are long dead. No, you can still honor them. It's sad, I personally find it sad, when I hear someone tearing down their mom or their dad. You know, they have no respect for their parents. They talk about their father and say, ah, my old man. They talk about their mother, ah, my old lady, this, that, and blah, blah. They did and whatnot. Yeah, okay, fine. You're probably a chip off the old block. No, they weren't perfect. Oh, pastor, you don't know the half of it. Boy, my dad used to slap me when I'd get up in the morning and beat me when I'd go to bed. Well, I don't know, maybe you were right. Maybe you're exaggerating, but maybe you're right. And he wasn't the, the best father. Maybe you never had the perfect parents. Well, join the club. But we have a perfect God. And if we will honor our parents, ah, how can I honor my parents? I hate to be around them. They're always bossing me, telling me what to do. They treat me like a juvenile. By faith, if you will honor your mom and dad and show them respect and show them love and show them honor. God says, if you will do that, then I will bless you. You know, when I learned this, boy, it changed my view of my mom and dad. I hung their picture up on a wall in my living room. My mom and dad are long gone. I've been an orphan for decades. They're long gone, but I still honor them. They weren't perfect. I know that because they had me and I'm far from perfect, right? So the promise is still open. I honor them. I'll not speak evil of them. I'll speak well of them. I'll honor them. I put their picture in a place of honor in my home and I'll honor them. And God honors me. And that promise is for all of us. If we will love what God loves, God will bless us. Now let's go back to Philippians chapter 4. The promise in verse 19 was given to the church in Philippi. And here's why. Because they gave sacrificially to support a missionary. That's the context. Look at verse 10. I rejoice in the Lord greatly that now at last your care of me hath flourished again wherein ye were also careful, but lacked opportunity. You see, when, when this was happening, Paul was in prison in Caesarea. He was there for two years, stuck in prison. And the, the church there lacked opportunity to be able to support Paul. And then he says, um, verse 14, Notwithstanding ye have well done that ye, do, that ye did communicate with my affliction. Now ye Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel when I departed from Macedonia, no church communicated with me as concerning giving and receiving, but ye only. This church at Philippi was the only church that was supporting the missionary Paul. They were the only ones. These other churches could have, but they probably says, well, you know, times are tough. We're not made of money. There's no, 
you know, Elon Musk's in our church. I don't think we can quite afford to support the Apostle Paul at this time. Let's see what we can do next year. Not the church at Philippi. They weren't rich by any stretch, but they had a heart. And they said, we're going to do it. We're going to do it. We're going to seek the Lord. Do you remember two weeks ago, we talked about our secret power that we have, our secret power that we use to support missions. Do you remember that? Yes? You can nod your head at me. Yeah, okay. Most of you were here. I was here too. And we talked about our secret power. That's God who gives us power to get wealth. When the Holy Spirit is in control of our lives, God loves to give us power to get wealth, not so that we can just feather our own nest, per se, but so that we could be a channel. And we depend upon this, and God does it over and over and over. And he makes money almost appear out of nowhere. He's able to do exceeding abundantly above all you can ever ask or think. He can make all grace abound toward you so that ye having all sufficiency in all things may abound unto every good work. That's our secret power. Last Sunday, how many were here last Sunday? Raise your hand. There's not enough hands raised. I know some of you were here and you're not raising your hand, but last Sunday we talked about a five-step prayer. Do you remember I I risked my life for you on that step ladder? Do you remember that? Yeah, I nearly fell off. Boy, I tell you, ever since I fe- this is true, ever since I fell off a stepladder with a roaring chainsaw, my wife worries when I climb a stepladder. I don't understand why, but she does. It's a knee-jerk reaction. I went up that stepladder in order to retrieve that little piece of paper up there to find out what God would have me give. And by the way, God told me what to give. So now I know I'm ready today. I've been seeking the Lord. I've been talking to my wife. We've been praying. We know what we're going to give. There was a full surrender. Do you remember that? The first, first platform, first step, full surrender. And then a, a willingness. Nothing is going to happen unless you're willing. And then we prayed for God's, what is it? Starts with the letter G, grace. We prayed for, prayed for God's grace. That's his divine influence in our lives. And then we prayed for God's will that he would have his way. And then finally, we prayed for what? The exact amount. Yeah, that's the five step. I hope you've been praying that. I hope you're ready today. But if you're not quite ready, that's still okay. There's still time, but you need to be seeking the Lord. And maybe tonight, maybe next Sunday, you'll know just what God would have you do. And then you're able to put in your faith promise card. Okay. But last Sunday, we we gave you a five-step process. Well, today, we're telling you, God has written a blank check. Basically, He's going to cover all your needs if you're involved in supporting missions. That is whose name goes on the check. If you're here today, or maybe you're watching online, and you've already decided in your heart, you said, no, I have nothing to do with missions. I don't want to support missionaries. I have no interest in seeing the gospel go around the world and people getting saved. I'm not interested in that. Well, that's your decision. You're not under law. You're under grace. You can decide that if you want. But at the same time, realize you're not going to be able to put your name on that check on Philippians 4.19. It's not meant for you. It's meant for 
the Christians in the church who by faith are giving above and beyond their tithes. We had a great missionary here, Brother Politian, missionary to Uruguay. And I've been praying for him every day for the last 12 months. He's on my, my chosen list. Well, he stood here and he said something very good. He said, you know, when you tithe, what do you get for that? Well, you're looking at it. You're sitting in it. You get a wonderful home church you can be part of. You know, with the music and the choir and the lighting and all of the decorations and the nice comfy seats and so on. Your tithes cover all that, plus other local ministries. But when you give faith promise, that's above your tithe. What do you get? I suggest you will get the world. Because your faith promise will go to far corners of the world helping missionaries to lead souls to Christ. Just like in the video we saw earlier. Get on board. Get on board. Make the decision. Maybe you're not quite ready to put your card in, but you can make the decision, I'm going to be part of this. I'm not going to let this opportunity slip by me. No, you want to be part of this because this is where you get to put your name on Philippians 4.19. But my God shall supply all your need. God supplied me with a car. He supplied me with a house. He supplied all my... I needed a wife. He supplied one of those too. I need clothing. I need food. By the way, I'm on a special diet now because of my diabetes. I'm working hard to try and bring my numbers down in line. It's like lion taming. You know, down boy. And I have to be on a special diet, very low carbs and stuff like that. And it ain't as easy as it sounds. I know I look like an expert at it, but uh, it's a bit of a struggle at, at times. I appreciate your prayers. But God is giving me the extra money I have to spend on certain foods now. Because, you know, uh, some of these healthy foods, they cost more, right? God's supplying my needs. God has been in, in the business of supplying my every need. I've, I've had God give me more than I need. And I'm not boasting. I'm giving glory to God. It's the same God, folks. The same God. By the way, I want you to know this. If you sow sparingly, you will reap sparingly. But if you sow bountifully, you will reap bountifully. If you've never done this before, it's scary at first. But many of us have done this for years and we can testify. It's true. We get to the end of the year and none of us are poorer. In fact, we're richer. How do we explain that? Well, we have one explanation. God. He's our explanation. Our secret power, if you will. Okay, we've got to move on here. We've got a message to finish up here. And we've got faith promise cards to do. <clears throat> and so we see here that the context of Philippians chapter 4 is written to a church that was missions-minded. People who were willing to give. And because of that, God gave them this promise, this blank check. God who owns it all says, I will meet your needs. And it's according to his riches in glory. He's infinitely rich, folks. Well, boy, that's good enough for me, I'll tell you that. If you sow a good seed, you will reap a good harvest. That is absolutely true. Folks, listen. We saw God bless the people in our church when we got serious about 
missions. Some churches, us included years and years ago, we looked upon missions as more of a duty. A duty. Hmm? Oh, well, let's, let's give a little bit to missions. And we gave like as a duty. Listen, can you imagine honoring your mother on Mother's Day out of duty? Who is it? It's your son. Come in. So you open the door and you go in. Hello, mother. Hello, son. It's good to see you. I haven't seen you for 364 days. Well, it's Mother's Day. And so I'm here to visit you, mother, out of duty. You're here to visit me out of duty. I'm here to visit you because it's my duty. Oh, well, in that case, son, don't you trouble yourself. You don't have to ever come and visit me ever again if you don't want to. What kind of a Mother's Day would that be? If we honored our mothers, if we visited our moms out of duty only. No, we want to honor our moms out of desire. We're so thankful to God to have a mom. And by the way, if you still have a mom, you treat her right. Praise the Lord. One day you won't have her and then you'll wish. You'll wish you did. Treat her right now while you got her. Hmm. You know, if we honor missionaries like out of duty, God's not going to bless us. We were like that 20 years ago. We honored missionaries out of duty. But when we saw the error of our ways and we changed and we started honoring missionaries out of desire, that's when God said, okay, now you're ready for me to bless you. And we began seeing blessing after blessing in the lives of our people, in their families, and in our church as a whole. And I'll tell you exactly how we did it. Number one, we encouraged everyone to get involved with faith promise. That way you're individually involved. It's not just a corporate decision as a church. Let's vote to give 7%. So we all raise our hand. Okay, it's done. And we never give it another thought. No, we give you a card so you can get personally involved Folks, this is how it's done. We want to get personally involved with missions. That's what these cards are. And I want you to take them seriously. It's a serious thing. This is the most important day of our whole year. It's today. And I want to encourage you, get on the bandwagon. Don't miss out on this blessing. So number one is we give you a card. But number two, we encourage you to adopt missionaries. Now, in just a couple of weeks, we're going to have little pieces of paper beside every one of these photographs you see. You'll be able to go and take three papers. We encourage everyone to take three. That way we know for sure all the missionaries are getting prayed for. We don't want to leave missionaries without prayer. Get involved. Adopt one, two, three missionaries. Well, what if I only want to adopt two? Then adopt two. Take two papers. Once the paper's gone, the paper's gone. And so we'll make up the little booklets for you, the adoption booklets. And we'll put in there the three pictures of your missionaries, the three families. And you'll be able to fill in their names, the children's names and so on. And you'll be able to pray for them daily. I pray for my three missionaries daily. I, and I hope you do too. But we encourage you, pray, get involved, send them an email, tell them, hey, this is me and I'm praying for you. And let them know that there's someone back home praying for them. You know, one of the complaints, the most common complaint that missionaries 
say and tell us is that after they've left for the mission field, they're forgotten. People just forget them. Don't do that. Don't let that happen. You adopt them into your heart and pray for them daily. And number three, the third thing we do is we treat our missionaries like heroes. Whenever we have a missionary come to town, a guest speaker, we treat them like royalty. We put them up at a nice hotel right down the street here. We make sure that all their needs are looked after. If they've driven in, we fill up their car with gas. We give them food for, uh, money for food. If they have any other needs, we help them with that. And we give them a good love offering as well. You know, I heard a story years ago about a missionary lady who came home to her home church. And she'd been away for a number of years on the mission field. And she came home and... Uh, they asked her to come and, and say a few words, so she stood up behind the pulpit, and her clothes looked kind of old and, you know, rumpled, and they, she didn't have very nice clothes on. And a lot of the people looked at her and started snickering at her clothes. And she realized, and she says, hey, don't laugh. These are the ones you sent me. It's a shame when we, we, we treat, you know, the family pet, the family dog, better than we treat God's hero, the missionary. We never, ever want to be guilty of that, ever. When we have the privilege of having a missionary here, we have a hero. And we want to treat them like that and give them the honor. You cannot outgive God and God gives it back. He blesses back. This is when we started to see the riches of God. This promise here, my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. And we saw it happen over and over to the families in our church and to our church as a whole. We saw more visitors. We saw more salvations. We saw more people added to the church. We saw more money in the offering so we could do more things. And we saw a happy, productive spirit amongst our people. Folks, we've got to bring things to a wrap here. Missions is serious business. Faith Promise Sunday is the most important day in the whole calendar because it affects the entire world. What we do today is going to affect missionaries around the world and it's going to affect the lost souls they're going to reach. And we can be a part of that. Well, what if we don't want to be a part of that? Well, then we won't get the blessing. God will use someone else. He'll use other churches that'll say, hey, we'll get involved. And he'll bless them. So we're not under law. We're under grace. God doesn't want us to feel forced. Just like your mother wouldn't want you to feel forced to come and honor her or visit her. Get by her flowers or something. God wants us to be desirous. He wants us to love who he loves. And he loves the missionaries. And when we start loving them and honoring them. That's when God says, okay, you're ready. You're ready for my blessings. You cannot outgive God. You will not go broke. In fact, at the end of the 12 months, you will find yourself better off and richer because you honored the missionaries. So it's very important. God is serious about missions. And when we get serious about missionaries, God gets serious about blessing us. You say, well... The world is in a miserable state. Jesus is coming any day now. Is it even worth getting involved? Is there even time to get involved? Yes, there's still time. We don't know when Jesus is coming. It could be tonight. It could be a year from now. We don't know. 
But there's still time to get involved with missions. Jesus said in Matthew 20, verse 6, About the eleventh hour he went out and found others standing idle, and saith unto them, Why stand ye here idle all the day? Folks, that was the eleventh hour. And in Acts chapter 1, verse 11, the angels said, Ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus which is taken up from you into heaven shall so come in like manner as ye have seen him go into heaven. We need to get busy now, folks. Now is the time. Now is the day. Not tomorrow. Now. We need to bless God's missionaries. And God will bless your family and bless our church. You know, why stand we here idle all the day? Let's go to prayer. Let's close our eyes and pray. Thank you for watching the message today. We invite you to join us again every Sunday and Wednesday for more inspiring messages from God's Word.